Homemade crumbs are going to taste better. You'll save money. Don't, don't, don't leave crumbs. Let's make breadcrumbs. I watched uh, the Women's British Open at Carnoustie, which inspired me to take up the game and find myself taking it up at university and quickly realising that I'd missed a trick and that this was a game I should have started a lot earlier. And I wanted to get really good at it as quickly as I could. And I had seen these girls at the Women's British Open, like Paula Creamer, and I remember watching Kylie Walker and she had her whole family there. And I was like, why am I not why am I not doing this I want to do that and because I'd reached a pretty high standard in sport before I just mm. um assumed that I you know I could do this and I thought right challenge accepted to myself and I was at Glasgow University at the times and I'd, I transferred my degree to St Andrews so that I could access better facilities and basically a free bucket of golf balls because I was rattling through them at a pace I couldn't afford because they were like five pounds a bucket. So I moved to St Andrews, got myself a range card and uh, flagged my way into the golf team uh, off a handicap of 12. And at the time I'd been playing for just less than a year. Um, And then at the end of my year in St Andrews, which was just the most fantastic year, I was playing off a handicap of four and I got invited down to wow. Wentworth to be part of a scholarship program. Clive Woodward and so Clive Woodward had, had heard about uh, my progress and I'd played for Renfrewshire for my county and basically I'd been um, knocking on Endora Cook to try and get involved in any sort of competitive golf. And just the timing was very fortuitous for me as he had this kind of program going on and wanted to use me as a bit of a guinea pig really to see how good I could get. So invited me to go down and be part of this three-year um, training program, which was to see, can someone start the game late and then still become um, a very high-ranked professional? And our ultimate goal was, you know, to to play at the very, very top. And so I packed my bag, got my golf clubs, went to Lucas train station and got on a train and down wow. to King's Cross. And I got picked up by Clive himself and lived in his garage for 12 weeks before I found some housemates that I could live with down south. Yeah. And uh, he sat me down and he said, right, this is our plan. And we're going to give you one year to get to scratch. And if you do, we'll give you a further two years to receive support and um, coaching. Because I desperately needed coaching. I was this sort of raw hockey player like tearing it around a golf course going like all over the place and I was very self-taught to this point so I needed help and he was prepared to to help find me some and, and Wentworth had some fantastic coaches available what Christian Baker was my my first golf coach down there I, a friend of mine who I still stay in good good touch with now and um, I was given access to some fantastic strength and conditioning and professionals as well as people like Dave Allred and um, some nutritionists, you name it. There was no stone left unturned. And at the end of that year, um, I had broken three course records and I played off a handicap of plus three. So 
you could say it was a pretty fun year. Some achievement, that. So in three (laughs) years, so just to run over that briefly, so in three years you went from basically not having played the game to plus three, really. Yeah, yeah. With course records under your belt as well in in the process. Yeah, Yeah. a couple of, well, yeah, three course records in total and a lot of it happened in the space of that year and I had this like real sharp acceleration in my performance. but then, unfortunately, at the end of that year, it was the beginning of my wrist pr- problems. And I started to get this niggle in my right wrist. And that would unfold. And unfortunately, it just kind of got worse. And I sort of managed it for the for the next couple of years. Um, and I was start, stop, start, stop. And trying to get the best advice I could medically. And I was like a dog with a bone i i wanted to get to our target and the first year had been such a success that i didn't want to stop and i never could have predicted that an injury would have i hadn't ever had another injury in my life so i thought you know this isn't this this will be fine and i'll i'll overcome this but it wasn't to be and unfortunately it it manifested to be a, a chronic injury that i still haven't really managed to overcome today that's absolutely killer. So your wrist injury, what brought that on? Was that that? Did I am I right in hearing that that was kind of partly a symptom of kind of over practice and playing a lot of golf and some of the kind of physical pressure you put yourself under to try and kind of continually get better over what was quite a condensed period of time? Or yeah, I definitely think that. I think, um, but also my background that I played a lot of hockey, I'd played squash internationally as well. So a lot of what I had done to that point was. Um, wrist dominant and hand, wrist, arm. And then I moved into golf and we had this mantra in in our team that every hour that a, go- a golfer was putting in practice, I had to put in three. And that wasn't always hitting balls, but a lot of the time it was. And as you guys will know, like a golfer's temptation is always to go and hit balls and to jump straight to the big stick, onto the irons, bash, bash, bash. And I was the worst for that. And I also think that, you know, I'm quite slight of build and my forearms are quite slight. And I talk about this a lot now for young female professionals or young female golfers who are coming into the game that there's a lot of research actually about wrist injuries being more um, prominent in female golfers. And I think this wasn't knowledge I had at the time and I just naively sort of bashed away. And I tried to, to share my story with other young aspiring girls and say you know make sure you're doing a lot of strength work in your forearm make sure you are never hit off bad quality mats you know you can hit golf balls off mats but there's a big big difference between a mat that's got concrete underneath and a mat that's got a nice squishy surface underneath yeah exactly yeah it was one winter in particular that i practiced off these mats that um, it was the middle of winter, it was down at the side, it was Baltic, and I was going through this phase of, of where I was told to hit a lot of balls, and um, I'd, you know, I'd line the buckets up, and it would be minus three degrees, there'd be no one there, and I'd be shelling eggs, and it was that winter that it flared up, so I definitely have learned a lot of lessons that people, I hope, can learn from, they don't make the same mistake that I did. <laughs>